You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Good morning. Okay, it's really good to see you. Welcome. Um, We are partway through our mini-series at the moment where we are thinking about hope, peace and joy. And I am doing peace this week. Um, I wonder what comes to mind when I say the word peace. I did a Google search on the word peace, and here are some of the images that came up. If you can do the slide for me, please, Marge. So we've got the peace sign, made famous by Winston Churchill. We have got the CND symbol. We've got uh, the white dove of peace, which is getting a little bit biblical there. We've got maybe a place where we feel peaceful and we've got somebody who is sitting cross-legged and meditating, so a state of mind. Thank you, Nigel. So I did a bit of a brainstorm when I was preparing for this sermon, thinking, well, I wonder what people, the world, thinks peace is. And these were the ideas that I came up with. Quiet, so being somewhere where there's little or no noise. Feelings of tranquility or being relaxed. Maybe it would be for me being alone without anybody else bothering me. Escaping life's problems. Serenity and calm. Somewhere where there's no conflict. Think about world peace. That sort of thing. That's, that's maybe the kinds of things that the world thinks peace is. Continuing with this idea, I then did another Google search, isn't Google amazing? And I typed, how can I have more peace? And there were literally millions of suggestions, but I kind of found a website which boiled them down, and this is what it said. How can I have more peace? Spend time in nature, meditate, be grateful, Take responsibility for your actions. Don't let past mistakes define you. Love yourself. Practice acceptance and contentment. And my particular favorite, declutter. So I actually think that most of those do seem like good advice on the face of it if we're looking to have more peace. But the trouble with these strategies, or most of them, is that they will only bring a temporary feeling of peace not long-lasting. So I personally feel peaceful when I'm out in nature, but that doesn't stop the chaos when I get back home. I do feel peaceful in a decluttered house. Those of you who have been to my house know that it tends to be fairly decluttered, but if the clutter starts, the peace diminishes. And these, if you want to call them strategies or ideas, all tend to be very horizontal So what I mean by that is they rely on our feelings about ourselves or about our surroundings or about our circumstances. They also mostly focus on ourselves and not necessarily with our relationship with anybody else and particularly not anything to do with God. So I'm not saying that these things aren't a good way to be uh, peaceful. Nature is good. Being grateful is good. But in terms of helping us feel peaceful, they are just a temporary solution. They're a kind of a false peace, if you like. 
So where can we find long-lasting peace? Well, you won't be surprised to hear since you're sat in a church on a Sunday morning that the answer is in Jesus. Here's what Jesus says in uh, John chapter 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So the peace in this passage is from the Greek word irene, and I looked up how to pronounce that. And it's the equivalent of the Hebrew word in the Old Testament, shalom. And it means a, probably a bit more than you or, or I would recognize as the word peace. Here are some of the things that it, that it encompasses. Harmony, tranquility, security and safety, welfare, wholeness, contentment, a lack of strife, total well-being, inner rest for one's spirit. This is the kind of peace that Jesus offers us. It's not simply getting away from the hustle and bustle of life. It's not simply somewhere where it's peace and quiet on a temporary basis, but it's a long-lasting peace and a sense of well-being, which comes from being in a relationship with God. That's the key. Jesus isn't referring to the horizontal peace where our peace depends on our circumstances and the world around us has to be peaceful. Jesus says, I do not give to you as the world gives. He's offering something different, something more sustained. He's referring to a vertical peace, which concerns our relationship with him and our relationship with God. The peace Jesus offers is more than just a state of mind. It's also a state of heart. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, we read, and the peace, that's the Irene again, the peace of God, which transcends or surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In the NIV study Bible, it talks about, it says that the peace of God is not merely a psychological state of mind, but an inner tranquility based on peace with God. The opposite of anxiety, it is the tranquility that comes when believers commit all their cares to God in prayer and worry about them no more. Sounds good to me. This kind of peace, the peace of Jesus, the peace of God, has nothing to do with our circumstances, but is to do with our relationship with him. So let's just go back to John 14, 27 for a moment. Let me remind you what it says. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So why did Jesus immediately follow up his statement on peace with a command about not being troubled and afraid. Seems quite a paradox there. Well, I think he wants to remind us that wonderful though his peace is, it does not prevent us from encountering trouble and fear. It is a fact of life that we will have trials and we will have storms. That's just life. However, Jesus' peace what it does is it helps to protect us 
from becoming overwhelmed by the trials and the storms of life. The peace Jesus gives is not peace in the absence of trouble, but peace in the middle of trouble. It's not peace in the absence of fear, it's peace in the middle of fear. The peace on offer here is not the absence of problems, it's nothing to do with our circumstances, it's to do with the presence of Jesus in our lives. In my second year at university, I was having some problems with my housemates. I had made bad choices about who to live with. And it was making me really anxious and depressed and it was affecting my everyday life, so much so that I wanted to quit uni. And I came home one weekend to spend time with my family and I just felt like I couldn't face going back to university. I really didn't want to go. But my mum said to me, wise as she is, she said, give it all to God and trust him. And to be honest, I didn't really know what that meant or what that looked like. And my parents put me back on the train. And that was one of the most miserable rides back to uni I can ever remember. But what I do remember is as I lay in bed that night, I prayed a very simple prayer. And I don't remember exactly the words, but it went something like this. God, you know my problems. I give them all to you. And no word of a lie, the next morning I felt completely different. I woke up feeling peaceful with a massive smile on my face and I didn't know why. I had that peace that transcended understanding which we read about in Philippians. The problems didn't go away, my housemates were still an issue to me, but my attitude and my outlook had completely changed. I had inner peace that came from God. That's the peace that Jesus is talking about, the peace in the midst of tribulations, when actually you shouldn't really feel peaceful at all. There are many things though, aren't there, that steal our peace. I've got a list here. I wonder which ones you recognize in your own life. Worry, fear, frustration, anger, disappointment, conflict, a lack of trust or faith in God, feelings of hopelessness, health issues, trying to solve everything ourselves. This is not an exhaustive list. I'm sure you could add some more. But the good news is that being in a relationship with God does help us to maintain our peace regardless of all those circumstances that are going on around us or our feelings. So that's all very well, but how do we keep our peace? If all of that stuff steals it, how can we keep it? Well, I'm quite a pra pragmatic sort of person. I like to have things that I can apply to my life. So I've thought about some today, some practical ways to help us to maintain our peace so that our peace is not temporary like the peace we talked about at the beginning. So I just want to talk about four ways today, and none of them are to do with changing our circumstances. So first of all, one of the ways that we can maintain our peace is to claim and declare the promises of God in the Bible. 
A chap called Dr. Everett R. Storms is, was, he's not alive anymore, was a school teacher in Canada, and he spent his whole life searching, reading, counting, and cataloguing the promises in Scripture. And at the last count, he found 7,487 promises in the Bible from God to his people. So that's around 20 promises for every day of the year. And for those uh, Bible geeks amongst us, the books of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel each contain more than 1,000 promises. So there's plenty of promises out there. I have several promises that I keep in my phone on my notes. And when I find life gets particularly challenging, I read them out to remind myself. They help me, these promises help me to remember the, the good things that God has promised in his word. They help to give me strength and they help to give me courage to face the challenges. Here's what they say. I'm not going to read all of them, but here's a little snippet. So it starts like this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the promises in your word that say, I need not fear because you are with me and you will never leave me nor forsake me. You will calm the storm. You have won the battle already. Victory is yours. You will fight for me. I need only to stand still. You are my refuge and strength in times of trouble. Though I may stumble, you will not let me fall. When I trust in you, I will find new strength. Your plan is to prosper and not harm me, to give me hope and a future. And it goes on and on. By declaring these promises out loud, I'm saying I trust in God to fulfill his promises in my life. And if he's going to fulfill those promises of the good things, then I can have peace about my circumstances. So maybe you should make your, a list of promises for yourself. Pick out your favorite ones. Google is really good for this. Google, how, what, list the promises of God. Write them down somewhere. Read them out. I find it really helpful. A second way that we can help to maintain our peace is by keeping our eyes and our thoughts on Jesus and not focusing on all the challenges and problems that are going on around us. There are, there's plenty in the Psalms about keeping our eyes on God. Here are some examples. Psalm 141. But my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. Psalm 25. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he will pull my feet out of the net. Psalm 16, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Some of you may have read the book by William Paul Young called The Shack, or you may have seen the film. I'm going to show you a very short clip which actually demonstrates or displays this eyes on Jesus thing far more be far better than I could ever explain it. But if just in case you haven't seen it before, the main character is Mac. When we start the video, you'll see that he is in a very peaceful place. But then he allows the troubles in his life to overwhelm him. And you'll see what happens. The voice you can hear is Jesus.
Mac. Mac, it's okay. Why are you doing this to me? This isn't me. You told me to come out here. Mac, this is happening inside you. You're letting it consume you, and you don't have to. Just take a deep breath and listen to my voice. Don't look at it, Mac. Look here. the past. Don't think about the pain. Look at me. Everything is gonna be okay. Look at me. Trust me, none of this can hurt you. Just keep your eyes on me. Breathe. Good, Mac. I'm not going anywhere. I just love that video. Jesus says, look at me, trust me. None of this can hurt you. Just keep your eyes on me. Another way, and I won't play this video, is to be like Elsa from the Frozen movie and to let it go. Like when I was in my second year at uni, I told you the story already, surrender your troubles over to God. He is big enough to handle them. I personally find it really helpful to physically visualize um, what I'm doing. So I kind of imagine myself with a whole handful of worries that I'm physically handing over to Jesus. Or sometimes that my hands are upright like this and I turn my palms down to allow all of the worries just to fall out. We're going to have a, a chance to do that at the end of my message today. Or even just taking off a big heavy load and placing it at the foot of the cross and walking away. I find those things really helpful to just visit, to, to, to visualize those in my head. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And in Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. There's a promise. Write it down. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. And our final way today of a, a, a strategy or an idea, a way to maintain our peace is to make sure that we're putting our hope and trust in God and not in specific outcomes. Nigel spoke to us um, last time we were together about hope, so I won't go too much into that, but I um, recommend that you listen to his uh, message, which is on the website. And he spoke about Romans 15, verse 13, which says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Nigel showed us that biblical hope is the act of surrender to God's future based on a deep confidence in his love, in his wisdom, and his involvement in our life, in our church, and in our world. It's not about wishful thinking, or I hope for, but it's about confident expectation. 
But let's just have a look at that again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So there's a condition there. We need to trust God to receive the peace promised here. Without the trust, there won't be peace. And that is hard to do. And it's no coincidence that these ideas of hope and trust and peace are all linked together. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says to us, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trusting in God brings peace, as does keeping our eyes and our thoughts fixed on God. And by trusting, we will have an overflow of hope in our lives. All these ideas work in harmony with one another. God's got it all worked out for us. He's made a way for us to have peace in the middle of life's problems. So let's just draw all of these thoughts together as, our, as we conclude today. So we need to recognize that the peace the world offers is only temporary and it depends on our external circumstances. But the peace that Jesus offers is long lasting and exists even in the middle of trials and troubles. Jesus offers us peace, so we need to take hold of it. We need to accept the peace that he gives. And the peace doesn't guarantee a reduction of problems. But we can maintain our godly peace by claiming and declaring the promises of God over our lives, by keeping our eyes and our thoughts on God, by letting go, by surrendering our anxieties and our worries, and by putting our hope and our trust in God. Let me leave you with our verse from John 14 um, again, but this is in the amplified version. Peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Amen. So I would like to give us a chance to respond today because I can pretty much guarantee that everyone in this room, myself included, has something in our lives which is taking away our peace today, which is stealing our peace. So what I'd like to do, if you find it helpful, is close your eyes and we'll do one of those visualization exercises, if you like. You don't have to join in, but I think it would be good for you to visualize yourself. You can have your, your problems in the palm of your hand. You can visualize yourself handing it over to Jesus. Maybe turn your palms up this way so that all the problems fall out. Or maybe imagine yourself taking off your problems, taking off your burdens and putting them down. And I'll just lead us in some prayer as we do that. So. Father God, I thank you that you give us peace that transcends all understanding, that you give us a way to feel peaceful even when life is far from peaceful. I thank you that the peace you offer does not depend on our circumstances. And so, Father, 
we come now. We come carrying burdens. We come carrying things in our lives that steal our peace. And Lord, we offer them to you. We surrender our challenges, our problems to you, Lord. And we thank you that you are big enough to deal with anything that we might hand over to you. So in the quiet, just spend some time handing over your problems and accepting the peace from Jesus. Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace. And we don't need to feel troubled or afraid because you are with us. Amen. <laughs>